0: Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy
1: the teaching. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Awaken. We're very glad that you could join us this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Eric. I'm the office manager here at Awaken. Each Sunday, we always begin with a call to worship, which is just kind of an opportunity where we get to center ourselves as we gather together. This Sunday is our fall kickoff. Uh, It's a day that marks a new beginning. You might be wondering, what are we kicking off? We have kids community and we have donuts in the back. So that's, you know, that's our fall kickoff. Uh, But it is a, it is kind of a mark of a new season, Um, a new year of ministry and kind of a regathering in this space after what can be a busy summer for everyone. Um, It's a season that is filled with a lot of hopes and dreams and desires as we've spent the summer trying to plan and what do we want this space to look like in the new ministry year, and all the ideas and all the things. Um, And this is just marking. It marks the start of a journey for us. And if you're anything like me, you know that a journey requires a packing list. You have to know what are you going to bring with you. And that list takes a careful evaluation. You cannot bring everything with you. There are a lot of things that have to stay behind, as they're only going to weigh you down. You've probably heard Micah say before one of his trips, every ounce counts. And the same thing applies here. So this morning, I wanted to just take a moment to reflect on our packing list. What are we bringing into this journey, and what are we leaving behind? And I want to be clear and say that these words, the list that I will share, is not mine. Uh, two weeks ago at Worship in the Park, Micah had asked this community to write down, what are the things that you want Awaken to be moving towards with intentionality? What is our focus? What should Awaken be doing and going towards in this journey. And I've been poring over those things, and there's so many of the same things and hopes and dreams that this community wants to journey towards together. Um, and so this morning I wanted to share that packing list with you as we mark the start of this journey together. So let us bring a widening scope of what it looks like to be the church. Let us leave behind judgment and commit to being a place where everyone will be supported. Let us bring integrity in our examination of God's word. Let us bring our doubts and fears, maintaining a posture of questioning, searching, listening, and re-examining. Let us leave behind agendas and be a place where good news cannot be co-opted by any group. Let us bring humility, authenticity, and integrity for what we believe. Let us bring empathy and be a place of healing. Let us leave behind the need for perfection and be open to all no matter where you are on your journey. Let us bring love and be people who listen to the heart of God and then act. Let us leave behind our fences and be a place of refuge for those who have been excluded. Let us bring courage and lead each other towards a deeper spirituality.
0: False alarm, everybody. It's a fake hang-up. Um, uh, welcome. So my name is Catherine Scipioni. I go by Skip. You're very welcome to call me Skip. Please feel free and invited to. Uh, Heather and I lead the prayer and the care teams at Awaken, and so it's our turn to give you a little blurb about our team and what we do. Um, so I've been at Awaken since 2017, and I've been leading the prayer team since about 2020-ish. Um, currently what our team does is we hop on a Zoom call uh, the first and third Monday of every month for about 30 30 minutes, 30 seconds, that'd be amazing, 30 minutes, uh, which is still pretty amazing. Um, And we pray over the needs of the church that have come in through the um, previous weeks. Um, And that could be via the website, like if you go to our website and submit a prayer request, if you fill out a connection card um, this morning, There's a spot for prayer requests um, by word of mouth, email, all of those um, is how prayer requests kind of get to us as a team. And then, of course, we're always praying for uh, church staff, our community in general, and then for wisdom and discernment um, for our path forward. I also facilitate uh, inviting people to do prayers of the people. That usually happens the first Sunday of every month. And on that note, if you've ever wondered, hey... That's cool. I'm kind of interested in doing that. Who do I talk to? It would be me. Just go shoot me an email. um, Or uh, you can put your name on the sign-up sheet in the back. um, And I'll get in touch with you via email and reach out, and we will connect. Uh, We're hoping to return to in-person prayer after services very soon. Uh, Post-COVID, we er, or pre-COVID, sorry, we used to offer that after each service um, in the prayer space over here. But truthfully, we just haven't had the numbers to be able to do that. Um, We're hoping that we'll be able to do that very soon. So that would also be a part of being on our team, although it's not a requirement. Like if that's something you're not quite comfortable with, that's okay, you can still be a member of the prayer team and participate kind of in the more behind the scenes prayer support type stuff. Um, We have a few goals in mind on the prayer team that I, I wanna share with you that we're trying to be intentional about. The first is to help people become more comfortable with prayer in general. The second is to showcase more of a diversity of styles and methods um, as we approach prayer. And then the third is to help remove any barriers that we can, whether that be mental, physical, spiritual barriers, um, knowing that we all come from different backgrounds and experiences surrounding prayer, and our group is very sensitive and committed to being heartfelt about what we do together. So if this sounds like a team you might want to be a part of, or if you have any other questions, I would love to talk to you. I'll be available after the service. Um, but you can also just sign up, and I'll, I'll email you, and we can go that route. Thanks. Um, my name is Heather, and I would say
2: Skip is, is really, like, I, I had to, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, Skip. <laughs> it's just who she is. So um, I'm Heather. Um, I our family has been coming to Awaken since 2016, and I believe I've been doing this for about five years leading the care team. Um, I have the incredible honor of working with just a really generous, big-hearted group of people that um, kind of stand in the gap for people when they might be going through a time of transition. Um, we provide practical care for people who have had a new baby or um, are going through grief, loss, having surgery, hospitalization, um, any event that just asks a bit more of you than usual. Um, care from our team is provided in the form of a meal, light housework, um, light yard work or handiwork, help in moving a card, um, a prayer or baby blanket. Um, it's pretty amazing the work that this small crew of people with Truly, the biggest hearts do one simple act at a time. You don't need to love cooking. I think that's kind of a myth. <laughs> you don't need to like love cleaning or anything like that. Um, really, uh, you don't need to participate in every part of the care team like offerings that we provide. Um, a gift card or delivered takeout in, is life-saving when everything feels really foggy. Um, showing up to vacuum or do some dishes, help someone who's overwhelmed take a breath and just feel comfortable in their own home. Um, It can be really hard to ask for care. And I think that one of the things that I love the most is that in the last five years, I've seen people asking for care more um, for themselves or for someone else to say like, hey, my friend or this person that I know is going through this thing. Um, And that this team of people has just continuously shown up Time after time after time to provide, again, a couple meals, a gift card, just a little bit of like standing alongside somebody to say you're not alone. Um, the beauty of the team is that you, like, like I said, um, you can do what works for you when it works for you. Um, you don't have to, we don't have any requirements. There's no team meetings. You can do it at home. You can do it from your computer. You can do it from your phone if you want to just send a gift card really quick. Um, you can do it with kids. You can do it with a life group. Um, You can do it during your free time. Um, Some team members are on one team and others are on a few. It's totally up to you and what feels good and life-giving. If any of this sparks a little curiosity and you just want to know more, sending me an email or you know, signing up on the sheet in the back or tapping me on the shoulder does not commit you to doing it right away. I'm happy to answer questions or talk through what might feel best for you. Um, but I would love to, or, or if you do have a, an immediate yes, that's great too. Um, a, any way of um, doing all those things to connect with me, I'd love to chat more and um, get you connected to the rest of these really cool people in our, um, on our team and in our community. And with that... Please stand stand and greet someone next to you. Uh,
3: Hello, 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 everybody. Again, welcome to you. Um, My name is Micah, and it's kickoff Sunday. We kicked off. uh, Some people ask, like, what are you really kicking off? I don't see any bounce houses or popcorn makers, no clowns, no nothing. And that's true. um, Not much, but uh, kids community for sure. And, you know, a new season. So welcome to you. A couple things before we jump into our series this morning. Uh, If you're new, we're really glad that you're here. We'd love to know that you were. In the seat pockets in front of you or online, you can fill that card out and that'll come to us. We'll invite you to a beverage of your choice, get to know you a little bit, you can get to know us. Um, If you have tithes or offerings that you brought to Awaken or you fill out one of those cards, they can go in those black boxes at each of the exits or lots of different ways you can give online and through technology. We're grateful for each of those gifts. We want to be faithful stewards of those, so thank you for that. I want to highlight a few things. On your way in, if you didn't see, uh, I'd invite you to leave through the main doors. And to your right will be a mural that was most recently painted by Alyssa Whetstone and Vanessa Lucius. And uh, that will be highlighting, it's not totally complete yet, but it will be highlighting uh, our missional partners. So the people that Awaken um, connects to and says, like, we want to be in ministry with you and support the things that you do. Um, And so those will be noted there. There will be QR codes that you can uh, click on and and get more information about those. So that's just a way of highlighting some of the things that are happening around our church, and we want to let you know about those. So thank you to Vanessa and Alyssa. If you see them and know them, give them a big hug and thank you. Uh, Used group is, yeah, yeah, there we go. It's quite beautiful. Stained glass in our tree, and it's lovely, so check that out. Um, Youth group is kicking off tonight. Yep, Trevor, there you go, there you go. Youth group, all ages kick off tonight. We kicked off confirmation on Wednesday with 12 students, which is super cool. A lot of fun. Trevor and I are doing that together. I'm not doing youth group otherwise, so that's just Trevor and his team. So that's tonight, 6.30. There is a Discover Awaken class coming up on the 24th of September. So if you're new around here and you want to learn more about the church, we offer that and offer lunch with it. So sign up and we'd love to feed you and tell you a little bit more about Awaken. And last but not least, the fall retreat is like almost full. Almost full. There's a few spots left. So if you're still interested and you were sitting on it and waiting for it, don't wait too long. Because today's the last day to sign up and there's only a few spots left. Uh, also with that, the, the weekend we're gone on the retreat, that would be October the 1st. No gathering here at Awaken. Okay? So if you arrive, the doors will be locked. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we will record the teaching for that week as a part of the series and um, the, the, the gathering itself uh, And that'll be released on sunday morning on all the channels that we are on and if you subscribe to the Awaken weekly You'll get that so if you don't go on the retreat and you want to participate in that we will We'd love to love for you to do that uh, Today we're starting a new series, which is very fun uh, in the fall we have often sort of Use this opportunity as a way to come back to some of the things that are important to us. So, we've done a series on our values, which are these six words over here on this canvas. We've talked about this idea of wells and fences before, that we want to be a church gathered around a well, and that well is the life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus. We're not interested in being a church, a spiritual community that's like patrolling the edges and you have to sign off on all these secondary and tertiary matters in order to participate. We've just said, we're not doing that. It's fine. For a season, for some, we really want to say that we're gathered around a well. And that means there's a lot of diversity of thought and opinion on important but not essential matters, right? So we've talked about that. We've talked about our mission statement. We're partnering with God in the renewal of all things, right? That's why we exist as a church. This fall, we want to take an opportunity... And um, this is connected to some work we've been doing as a leadership team. So over the last couple of months, we've said, like, what are a couple of strategic goals that we can say yes to together as a leadership community that apply kind of across the board at Awaken? And what emerged from that conversation were two things. Number one, we want to try to connect people to people at Awaken, sort of emerging from COVID. Like, there's a lot of new faces around here. Some people have left. Some people have joined us. Um, COVID, you know, challenged and questioned a lot of things in our life, There's a lot of new faces, so we want to be intentional about connecting people to people at Awaken, right? You can get good sermons anywhere. They're all over the internet. You can get good music anywhere. It's all over the internet. What you can't get is, like, connection and relationship on the internet. I think that's why you're here, you know? Um, if, If, like, if you were really honest about it. And so we want to try to do that. We want to, the fall retreat is part of that. Life groups are a part of that. The different things that we offer for you to actually be getting to know one another. So that's the first goal. The second goal was to define what we mean when we say spiritual formation. So if there is like a, a, a path that we want to invite people to be on in their spiritual lives, what do we mean when we say that? Uh, And then we want to try to, like, provide opportunities, right, program, if you will, create opportunities and practices that are in sync with what we mean when we say spiritual formation. So in light of that goal, the second goal, the fall series is entitled Formational Targets. It's an exploration of what we mean when we say spiritual formation. It is an invitation to you to participate in six practices that I believe, we believe, ground the spiritual life. Um, a good friend of mine named Christine Osgood is a professor uh, at Bethel, and invited me a couple years ago to be uh, on a team of teachers. I was a professor for a hot minute at Bethel, and uh, the the class that we taught was called Introduction to Well Being. Uh, that class replaced Introduction to Liberal Arts, which is like how to not suck as a college student, right? <laughs> and everybody hated it. You know, all the freshmen had to take it, and nobody liked it. Christine like re- rewrote the whole curriculum. And the class was called Introduction to Well-being. And what I loved about it was one of our values is holism. And it understood the student as a holistic person, right? And it looked at these different areas of well-being and tried to help students and give them tools to not suck as a college student, but in a better package, right? Um, Oxford's dictionary defines well-being as the state of being comfortable, ha- healthy, or happy. You could add more to that, and many people do. Uh, One offering is, like, well-being can be understood as as how people feel and how they function, both on personal and a social level. How they evaluate their lives as a whole. So in this class, we had this well-being wheel, which is uh, right here. And it recognizes, like, these six different areas of the person, of humans, that we all have, we're spiritual beings, and you would do well to tend to your spiritual life, whether it's in this tradition or that tradition or that tradition. But to recognize you're not just skin and bones, right? There's a soul in there. Um, to think about our cognitive functions, right? How we think and our patterns of thinking, um, our, our thinking about our thinking, metacognition. You know, do you have distortions, cognitive distortions that you live with as normal, or how flexible are you and adaptable are you? Do you have a growth mindset? Cognition. We talked about relationships and that we are relational beings. We are not meant to be alone, and so we have social and uh, environments relating to people and places and things. Like meaning, you know, why do we exist? Why do I exist? And what's my role in this thing we call life? Um, That this physical body and what I put into it and how I tend to it and its nervous systems or nervous system and other systems actually impact how I experience life. And then finally, emotions, right? This combination of cognitive experience and like um, physiology that we label emotions, what we feel, what we experience in response to stimulus. So, you get what I'm saying, right? If you want to live well as a human, you would do well to pay attention to these areas of your life, you would do well to invest in them. Um, we're a church. In case you didn't know that like I don't know if you know what you wandered into this morning but we're a church and so we have a particular interest in this top area now we have a value of holism so we think that spirituality is actually in, in, impacts every area of our life but we want we have a particular interest in our spiritual life and so for us we participate in the Christian tradition of spirituality we make no apologies for that we gather around the well that's Jesus. And so, what I want to do is take this idea of the human as a holistic being, and I want to zoom in on the spiritual life and ask Is there like a version of spiritual well being? If we were to erase all of these things and say this is about sp- your spiritual life, what would you put in the spiritual well being wheel that would invest in and tend to your spiritual life? I'm guessing. If you've grown up adjacent to or around or in the church, you've been told a lot of things about what would be in that well-being, the spiritual well-being wheel, yeah? This is an all-play question if you've never been to Awaken. I'd love to hear what some of those things are. So if we were going to erase that and say spiritual in the middle, and then we were going to add to what are the areas that you would invest in in your spiritual life that would create a vibrant and healthy spiritual life, what have you been told by the church will be in that wheel? Your quiet time, absolutely. You alone with Jesus in a closet, okay? What else? Church, yep. Service, read the Bible and read more of the Bible. And do you want to go to a Bible study? And do you want to memorize some scripture? How about the Bible? Tithing, tithing, tithing. tithing. <laughs> what about tithing? <laughs> The black boxes are at the exits, please. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Prayer. Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Saving souls. souls. Evangelism. Yep. Um, Here's the thing, friends. If I know what I know, what I think I know about Awaken, I'll just include many of you, the majority of you in this category, that I think I found myself in and that is this i have gone through a process of deconstructing what i've been told about the spiritual life and what would what what should be in that wheel and i've i've asked some questions about that and i i've actually i've practiced some of the things that i've been told to practice and some of them worked some of them still work some of them don't they stopped working some of them I've actually begun to question and wondered if they've done more harm than they have good. Uh, some of them produced more anxiety, guilt, and shame than they did joy, if I'm being honest. And I have found myself in a sort of desert of spirituality, and all I've been able to say is not that. You know what I mean? And anybody can deconstruct. A dum-dum can, like, tear something down right chip and joanna you know on uh, whatever what's his favorite day demo day all you need is a hammer you know you just start knocking stuff over anybody can deconstruct something anybody can critique it's easy to be a skeptic but to build something that's a value that lasts that takes an architect and a skilled builder and intention and plans and resources and time and sweat so I don't want to be known as a church or as a pastor or as a person for what I'm against. Not that. Anybody can do that. What I want to be about, what I want our church to be about, and what we want to offer you in this series is then what? What does it look like to build a spiritual life that's vibrant and healthy and alive that you can stand in and breathe in? That you could even share about if someone asked you without shame <laughs> or embarrassment. So that's what this series is about. It's called Formational Targets. And these are the formational targets of Awaken Liturgy, listening, learning, community, impact, and pilgrimage. We've even made our own little well being wheel, our spiritual well being wheel. This took me about 15 hours this week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He'll like, gosh, if that took you 15 hours, we are paying you for the wrong thing. <laughs> but, but over the next six weeks, we want to look at each of these areas, and it's my, it's my contention. I'm submitting to you the, that, that I think there's some wisdom here, that if you want a life, a spiritual life that's alive and vibrant, it may include some of the things that you've been told. It, it may be shedding some of the things that you've been told and, and grabbing onto some new practices So I want to introduce to you maybe a new way of thinking about your spiritual life. And this is what we're aiming for at Awaken. When we say spiritual formation, which is part of the work of the church, this is what we're aiming at. So at the end of this calendar year, we're going to like send a survey out to you and ask you, what are the significant ways in which you've moved along and in and among the the well-being wheel of spirituality at Awaken? So that we can sense of like, are are we moving at all? Like is there wind in these sails or not? So that's where we're headed in this series. I'm I've been so excited about this I can hardly handle it. So let's get to it. We're going to talk about liturgy this morning, and my definition of liturgy. I'm some of these. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Throw that one back up there, Rochelle. Um, there are some words up here that you probably recognize. We're going to take some time to unpack them. We're going to like take maybe what you've thought about liturgy and set it down just for a moment, and try to refill it with some things that we mean when we say liturgy same with pilgrimage right same with community so let's get to liturgy here's my definition of liturgy a practice of and commitment to the gathered worship of the church and the sacred rhythm of our life together the practice of and commitment to the gathered worship of the church and our sacred life together the rhythm of our life together as a sacred rhythm This is what we mean when we say liturgy. Traditionally, liturgy is like the service of the church, the order of service, right? How many of you grew up in a liturgical church where every Sunday it was basically the same order of service? You know, you had the convocation and the call to worship and a hymn of praise and then maybe an Old Testament reading and then, um, I don't know, a confession of some sort or a, a creedal recitation and then a gospel reading and then a homily, you know? The, the, the Lutheran homily, the 15-minute Lutheran homily, which I am incapable of doing. <laughs> I've been invited to some other churches, and they're like, how long do you typically preach? Or they come here, and they're like, how long should I preach? I'm like, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes? They're like, really? Uh, so, yeah, you know, the sermon. And then, of course, the offering, tithing, Eucharist, the sending, right? That's like a classic liturgy. How many of you grew up in, like, non-liturgical, kind of, like, AG, more charismatic churches? You had a liturgy too. It was like five songs, offering sermon, and five songs. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, everybody talked about it, it as like free in the spirit, and it was like, you know, it's the same every week, don't you? <laughs> I don't know how free you actually think it is. It's not. <laughs> Maybe the li- person on the lyrics is like, I don't know where they're going. <laughs> you know. But everybody else does. It's like five songs, offering sermon, five songs. Either way, I think liturgy is more than that. I think liturgy is deeper than that. In the time I have remaining, I want to look at two passages, one from the Old Testament, one from the New, that speak about this sacred rhythm of the people of God together, and then, like, why should we, why should it, why should we gather? What's the importance of gathering, right? So, um, did you know that liturgy means uh, the work of the people? It comes from a Greek word. It's like the public work. So liturgy is like, quite literally, when the church gathers its public thing. That's liturgy. Um, Leviticus chapter 23. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn there. Uh, I'm going to invite you to stand in body or in spirit as we read this text. And we'll look at this, and then we'll look at one other one from Hebrews. So this is Leviticus chapter 23. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals. The appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you work, when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. Verse 4. These are the Lord's, Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies, You are to proclaim at their appointed times. You may be seated. What we just read was from Leviticus, that's from the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, also known as the teachings or the law. And what you get there is an instruction from God for the people of God that Moses is to give them. And what follows in the rest of chapter 23 are seven festivals, seven appointed festivals or sacred assemblies and they are the rhythm of the Jewish life. They are as follows. In the spring, it starts with Passover, Pesach, right? This is uh, what we celebrate at Holy Week. It moves to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is celebrating the, the haste in which the Israelites left Exodus or left Egypt in the Exodus. Moves to the first fruits, right? The, the first signs of harvest and life. And then there's the Festival of Weeks, which is also... Uh, It's 50 days after Passover, it's when Pentecost happens in the book of Acts, which is actually a fascinating study in and of itself, but that's called Shavuot. The rest of them happen in the fall, and it's the Feast of Trumpets, also known as Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Atonement, known as Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, where they build booths, or houses, dwellings, it's celebrating the the indwelling, the tabernacling of God with the people in the, in the, uh, the desert, the wilderness. So this is the sacred season and rhythm of Jewish life. And in Leviticus 23, you get a word that gets translated sacred assemblies. I enunciated it a couple times to to help you hear it. That word is moadim, or moad. And that word means a set time or season for a specific assembly or festival. Some of you know that in Hebrew, there are less words. So a word can mean a lot more, right? Words are deep and full of meaning. So, moad can also mean uh, to repeat, and can mean like a signal as appointed beforehand. So, the idea is that things are to be repeated at each time the preset appointed time comes around again. You actually know this. Some of you who have children, what do you do when they you celebrate the day of their birth? You build a cake. And you build a cake. <laughs> you bake a cake. Let me build you a cake. You bake a cake and you put candles on it and you invite people over and you sing a song. You ritualize this moadim, this set time for a sacred assembly. Right. The same is true for the Lord's people. These feasts, these appointed times, are signals so that you remember what's happened. What you have in Leviticus 23 is not just rules and regulations. It's not about like do this or you're going to die. It's an invitation from God for the people of God to observe a yearly rhythm of remembrance. It's like a dramatic communal reenactment of salvation history, starting with Sabbath. I would submit to you that the spiritual life begins with stopping. It's like, it's like passing go at Monopoly do not collect $200, do not pass go. It starts there. That's the doorway through which we enter the spiritual life. So you stop so that you can see. You stop so that you can hear. You stop so that you can feel in your own body and connect to your neighbor and your community and your world and the food that you're eating, right? It all begins with stopping. And it's a sacred rhythm for their life together. Here's an all-play question. What is the power, or why do we need rhythm in our life? And in this case, sacred rhythms. We forget. We forget. Absolutely. Rhythms bring security. Yeah. Rhythms bring security. They help us, like f- find our place in time and space. What else? We lose our way. Yeah, we get lost sometimes, and it's nice to have signposts. (laughs) Yeah, they're grounding. Somebody first hour said they are embodied practices. Like we think about these ideas, spiritual things, truths. This is a way to like live it in our body, with another person at a table eating food, drinking wine. It's not just an idea rhythm you can't have music without rhythm you can't live a life that's beautiful without rhythm so what rhythm will you choose to live by the invitation here is to live your life in a particular way at a certain pace and with a certain kind of rhythm this is liturgy this is the power of liturgy this is the necessity of liturgy it helps us stay in tune it helps us hear the beat of the lives we are intended that God invites us to live. You can choose not to. There's a lot of rhythms out there. You can find one and try it. I'm saying try this one. I think it, le- it leads to life. The power of liturgy. Second passage I want to look at is Hebrews chapter 10, all the way at the end, right before Revelations. We don't know who wrote Reve- uh, Hebrews, and it's Revelation, not Revelations. I went to seminary. Chapter 10 verse 24 says this So we have the sacred rhythm of life together as the people of God The writer of Hebrews says therefore let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching How many of you have ever heard this this passage before Every time I ever heard this, it was from a pastor or preacher who was, like, trying to legitimate the Sunday morning church service. <laughs> you know, it's kind of job security. The Bible says, do not forget meeting together. Do not forsake meeting together. I, okay, fine. Maybe there's a little bit of that. But I want to I nuance it a little bit, and I want to suggest that the writer of Hebrews knows something. They know something about this group of people, the church of Jesus, who are out in the world actually doing the work of the church, being the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, which requires sacrificial love even for your enemies, which requires being poured out like an offering like Jesus was, which requires giving of your very lives, doing the work, love and good deeds. That's hard to love your enemy, isn't it? Your sister-in-law, who's a crazy... Or your brother, who's just like, good Lord, have mercy on my soul, right? It's hard to love those people. It's hard to, like, be kind and compassionate to people who don't deserve it. But you do. (laughs) I do. Like, that's hard work. The writer of Hebrews knows how hard it is to be the church, to be poured out like an offering. And the writer of Hebrews knows if the church is going to be scattered into the world, that it also must be gathered. That there has to be this ebb and flow. Have you ever watched waves in the ocean? They come in sets. They ebb and they flow. Have you ever paid attention to your own body and its rhythms and cycles? Right? You have to breathe in and you have to breathe out. The church is no different. It's a living organism, and so the mission of the church is to be scattered. It's to be out in the world doing the work of love and good deeds. And to do that, to be poured out all the time, one must be what? Poured into. That's the importance that the writer of Hebrews is telling the church, reminding them, don't forget, as you're out there doing the work, this is not the point. This is necessary to do what's the point this is helpful in the spiritual life to be gathered together, reminded of the good news of God in the world, that we are not alone, that we have been forgiven, that there is hope for the future, right? To be reminded of those things, but this, this is not the point. This is, if this is all we do, it's like no different than the Kiwanis. It's just with a different center. I'm not interested in that. Not interested in a circus or an entertainment Providing content. I want to be the church. And I'm inviting you to be the church with us. That will require. Scattered and gathered. So my friends, as we think about this idea this morning, if we zoom in on the spiritual life and we say, I want to have a vibrant, healthy spiritual life. I'm offering the possibility that liturgy must be a part of that. And by liturgy, I don't mean a specific order of service. I mean a practice and commitment to the gathered worship of the church and our sacred rhythm of life together. For me, liturgy includes Sabbath, stopping, learning how to stop in our own lives so that we can see and hear and be in touch with what's happening around us. So we can learn to listen, we'll get to that, and actually know what God's voice sounds like. To know what our own voice sounds like and when we can trust it. Which you can sometimes, not all the time. We'll get there, right? It includes that. Liturgy is about the sacred rhythm we celebrate together. It begins in Advent and it moves to Christmas, after which Epiphany comes, the light of God in the world, which moves us into Lent in a season of preparation for Holy Week and death so that resurrection can come and then the giving of the Spirit at Pentecost so that we can live life as the people of God in the world until we come back to it again because we maybe have forgotten. Right? That is our rhythm together. That's liturgy. Liturgy is about the sacraments. It's about bread and wine and baptism. Bearing witness to moments of of meaning in our lives together. You're not alone. You don't do this alone. Marriage and death and baptism and these important things that we do, right? Who bears witness to that? That's the work of liturgy. That's the power of liturgy. That a group of people stand with you and say, you are not alone. We are with you. If the mission of the church is to be scattered, in order to accomplish it, I'm suggesting that we must also gather. And liturgy is a commitment to that part of our life together. So, question as we close. Where are you in relationship to liturgy? What does any of this feel like, sound like to you? Is there any new ideas? Is there any pushback? Is there any sense of like, ah, I don't know about that, Micah, or, hmm, Interesting. What level of commitment do you have to, pra- to the practice of and commitment of the gathered people of God and our sacred life together? And what would it mean for you to say yes to that going forward as a part of your spiritual well-being? And I don't care if it's here at Awaken, to be clear. It could be a house church with 12 people. It could be your home church. It could be St. Luke's down the street or St. Stan's down that way. Or, or, or you go, I don't, It doesn't matter. That's not the point. Somewhere. Be gathered with the people of God for word and sacrament. Sacred life together. That's what I mean when I say liturgy, and that's my invitation to you. Pray with me. We'll make our way to the table. God, as we take a moment to be still and quiet and silent, we do so because our world is full of noise, including the last 30 minutes. And maybe there's something in there that is of you, Maybe there are things in there that aren't. I pray that whatever is not of you would be forgotten forever. Whatever is of you would last, would stay rooted in us, and that you, by your Spirit, would turn on lights, illuminate, highlight, bring to life something that we might walk with, chew on, um, meditate on in these next few days. So, Holy Spirit, do your work. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after dinner, he took a cup and blessed it and said, this is my blood, which will be shed for you. And so whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. So we'll invite you to Eucharist, a good gift of God. Um, on my right and left, there are two tables. We'll invite you to make your way down the side aisles. And there is gluten-free bread. We'll invite you to take a piece of that bread, dip it in either the red wine or the white grape juice. And as you do, know that the body of Christ has been broken for you, the blood of Christ has been shed for you. These are the good gifts of God for the people of God. Um, If it would be easier for you to receive communion in your seat, I'll be walking down the center aisle. You can just wave at me, and I'd be happy to provide that. So let's come to the table together. (laughs) To the church gathered this morning in St. Paul called Awaken. Those who have gathered be scattered. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the church gathered said together, Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, my friends.
2: Find us online
3: at Or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community. Or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time.